Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. This one's special, Vic, my co-host, sitting right next to me in a fancy little set we have here, because we are making video. Hello, Mary Catherine. <laughs> nice to see you, and nice for everyone to see how sort of the, the sausage is made, because we're actually now in studio, not in the old recording studio, now that we're on YouTube. Yes. And people can see us. And I couldn't help but think about sometimes... You would see your own, you know, like favorite radio personalities, and then suddenly you see them on TV. Personality, not personality, personality, and you're like, oh, that's why he's on the radio. <laughs> and are we like, killing the radio star, hey, well, I, yeah, or are we I, making people oh, rethink well, whether I mean, we should no, be radio you're stars? Both. You're, you're, you're multimedia. I, I, re I really do TV. I feel like this is kind of a cross. The set is kind of a cross between the Mike Douglas show and Between Two Ferns. Yes. You know, or at least the Mike Douglas show. I do feel like we need cigarettes. Like that would really yes. that would be finish great. the and look. Go right here next to the logo, the ashtray. That's the era we're going for. Would be a pile. No, I was thinking about the great Seinfeld episode where Kramer reassembles the yes. Mike Douglas set in his apartment. That's what this is like. We are right. those people. Yeah. No, uh, we are also your morning show for any hour. As I said, this is Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. I'm Mary Catherine Ham. How's it going, Vic? Uh, it's going fine. Uh, I'm just really sort of focused on this new. We got to you got to try to find your posture. That posture. is one thing, but I don't think it's supposed to be comfortable for us. I don't even know if it looks comfortable to the viewers. But I was just telling this. This is show business. When don't get comfortable the, when you see the panel shows like the five or outnumbered or whatever it is. Probably not the five because the the later stuff. I think they can tend to be a bit more loungy, yeah. but certainly on outnumbered on Fox, they sit like this. Oh, you got to pull it together, people. That's, that's, you know what? But it's a twofer because you're recording, so you're doing your job, and you're building your core. This is true. Your core. It won't surprise you to learn that my husband will text me in real time while I'm on TV and tell me to sit up straighter. Considering I've never seen your husband slouch ever, I can believe that. Ever. 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 No, he's very upright. <laughs> uh, my other concern is this, and that's why I had no breakfast this morning, is the 15 pounds. They say that the camera puts 15 pounds on you. It's a you. real thing. It <laughs> it's a real thing. I hate to inform everyone. Anyway. But we, uh, do, we do our best. We do our best. We're in shape people over here. Then we'll see how this goes. Uh, if I pass out, you'll know why. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> Good. What's going Speaking on? Speaking of in shape, this weekend I took the entire family to do a 5K. Oh, hey, that's doable. The 9-11 Heroes Run. I can't believe. You know, I did that once. It would have been so funny if I did and I would have seen you all there. You should have come, I would have tied with one of your kids. Maybe. One of them was pretty fast. Uh, well, good for you. So we went out. We took all, all everyone. And it's we a decided, great cause. We decided that next year, by the way, 911heroesrun.com, there are still some more yeah. through September no, and a little bit of October as well. If you want to run one in your in your community, they are fantastic. So we went out. We've I've helped a little bit with this race. It's not mostly me, but I've helped a little bit with this race, maybe three to five times. Our race director has done five of them, and it has poured for three of them. Oh. And the 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 forecast all week was looking like mm, a little yeah. iffy for Where's Sunday morning because it's also it's during hurricane season, right? So you end up with the remnants of a hurricane coming through. It's not great for attendance. This time, we ended up with perfect running weather, beautiful, cool morning, oh, overcast, didn't rain until. It was almost literally the second everyone got off the course. And then it sprinkled a little bit and we were fine. And we so went on to the brewery and had a beer. That's so funny because when I did my 9-11 run, the weather was also similarly gray. Yeah. And a little bit, I think a little bit rainy. But then we went over to a, 
a brewery in Pentagon Row. Nice. Is that where you went or no? No, we were over in Oakton. So it was the Settle Down Easy Brewery and Tasting Room. Did you do the 9-11 run at the memorial, though, or no? No, this one one is separate from that. Okay. You know the one I do is I did. Excel, you did one. One time. Sorry. Uh, I did do Sub 30. I want to point that out. It was right by the Pentagon. That one. Nice. We yeah, did yeah. not do uh, okay. sub 30. Okay. Steve well, did, but the rest of us did not. I can't uh, do that now. I pushed two two babies in a stroller. I had to have my mom friends marshaled. I was like, Ugh, what am I going to do with these well, babies? You did that. You... And I texted everyone. I was like, who has a double bob? And I yeah. have a twin mom friend who was like, I have a double bob. Brought it over. I ran with the, the babies, and then I made the other two girls stick with me. Running with the baby, running with strollers. I feel like it's like parting of the Red Seas for you. Like people will cut you a lot of slack for speed. They're not going to be like, hurry up. Oh, no. And no, you no. are doing what? A basic jog while oh, pushing? A very light jog. So you're in the back of the group. Usually they put up like the In fact, the, the babies are the my excuse to go slow. I'm like, I'm like, I don't have to try that hard. You know, I thought about this. I already look like I'm trying hard if I have two babies. I thought about this for like one of these marathons, like a Marine Corps marathon where I could push somebody in a wheelchair. And yes. then I would be able to get away yes. with just walking it. You totally yeah. could. Or you could do, as part of the Travis Manion Fan- Foundation group, we have a couple people who we trade off pushing. Oh, yeah. And sure. you, so you could just do a couple miles. I invite you down. All right. We got a lot of news today. We got a lot. So we should get to it. All right. Let's do it. Uh, and stop discussing my 40-minute time for the... <laughs> Forty? No, no, forty is okay. All right, no, no. Hey, with kids. Can it's I say? Kids. Can I? I think I might have said this before, but I in one nine eleven heroes run in two thousand eighteen, mm-hmm. I ran I think my fastest five k ever. I don't know exactly what it was, but and I should. I'm going to look it up and fact check myself. But it was in the neighborhood of twenty one twenty two, and I finished first in my age group. That was two thousand eighteen. Those days are gone. Wow. Then last year I was pregnant and pushing a baby, and it was pouring, and I finished. Dead last uh, right. in the I entire that. I think we discussed race. this on the show. It was uh... so this year was an improvement. Okay, I'm good. working back up. I'm working back up. Okay, on to the news. Trump, yes, presumptive-ish nominee for the GOP, sat down with Kristen Welker, the new host of Meet the Press, for a full hour. By the yeah. way, I commend him for doing. Oh, but this, this is this is like a walk in the park for him. This would have been the worst thing ever for Joe Biden. He would have I don't know how long he could have kept it going. But Trump is so alert for yeah. the, I mean, as you know, he does. He used to do the the South Lawn press conferences. Right. He enjoy he sort of enjoys he this stuff. I think they're smart it. to keep it minimal. Yeah. But look, credit to him for engaging with somebody who's obviously going to be adversarial. Right. Welker was especially adversarial, as all press members are, on the issue of abortion. Yeah. Because when it comes to the GOP's position and much of the American people's position, which is sort of moderate on abortion, they are far, far left of it. Yep. So she was asking him quite a bit. I think there was like a nine-minute conversation about abortion policy. Let's hear a little bit about a little bit about what Trump said here. Mr. President, I want to give voters who are going to be weighing in on this election yeah. a very clear sense of where I think they'll, stand I on think this. they're all going to like me. I think both sides are going to like me. Let, let me but what's let, Mr. going President, to have to Mr. happen President, is you're going to have to... Listen, you're asking me a question. What's going to happen is you're going to come up with a number of weeks or months, you're going to come up with a number that's going to make people happy. Because 92% of the Democrats don't want to see abortion after a certain period of time. If a federal ban landed on your desk, if you were reelected, would you sign it at 15 Are you talking about a complete ban? A ban at 15 weeks. Well, people, people are 
starting to think of 15 weeks. That seems to be a number that people are talking about right now. Would you sign that? Uh, uh, I, would, I would sit down with both sides and I'd negotiate something and we'll end up with peace on that issue for the first time in 52 years. Uh, I'm not going to say I would or I wouldn't. I mean, DeSantis is willing to sign a five-week and six-week ban. Would you support that? You think I, that I goes think too what far? he did is a terrible thing and a terrible mistake. All right. So there's a minute of Trump on the issue of life right. and abortion. Right. Will this answer matter to anyone? What is he attempting to do here? Does it matter? I don't want to use the word refreshing with Trump, <laughs> but he's one of these guys who is not overthinking and panicking about what to say and so he says nothing at all oh he just says it oh it's yes. in his mind and he's like this is how i feel i mean he can like you know weeks from now say something completely different and say no no you know you got it wrong or you misunderstood me but the thing is he always gives an answer whether or not you like it or not yeah he's just telling you how he feels so i mean there are a lot of people obviously in the pro-life movement who would not be happy with what he had to say but at least you know at this moment, right. where what his thinking is and where he stands doesn't matter in the end. No, if he's the nominee, it's not going to make a difference. It is interesting that he is looking at 15 weeks, and I think that is a compromise point because I am they they don't mention this often, but as you know, relative to many countries in Western Europe, that's about the same. Right around the same even time, even slightly that, more liberal than many. Yeah, we know absolutely, Europe, yeah. and, and countries that we hold in, up and put on a pedestal that it's comparable to that as a, a reasonable stop. And, you know, you're not going to just, I mean, he's not going to support and you're not going to have an all-out ban on abortion full stop, you know, across the board. That's just not going to happen at this point. But I thought it was, you know, it was Trump being Trump. It is. Yes. Yeah, so, no, he's sort of pundits live from the seat occasionally yeah. when he should be answering questions as a nominee. But that can be revealing. And I think this is revealing because I think it's just what he thinks. Yeah. Now, strategically, there are two different audiences here. One, there's a primary audience, particularly in Iowa, that is very pro-life. Sure. Then there is a general election audience, to whom I think this could be a yeah. more appealing audience. That pro-life audience, though, particularly activists, is going to hear six weeks is a terrible thing and think, right. no, it's not. Right. And we appreciate people mm -hmm. who sign those bills. Mm -hmm. Now, there are several... Republican governors who have signed those bills and sort of counter to the the conventional wisdom on this have performed extremely well in elections after that because they are competent messengers right. and they are competent executives. So you can succeed with those kinds mm -hmm. of, of pieces of legislation. The thing to me that's interesting about this is, OK, my friends over at Ruthless, who I like a lot, yeah. suggested maybe he's pivoting to the general election with this answer. Sure. I don't think it's strategic that way. I think this is just what he believes. My concern is, and should be a concern for pro-lifers for sure, is that he's telegraphing very clearly what his position is and where he wants to end up in negotiations. Yeah. That's right. You think you're going to end up at 15 weeks if you start telling them now you want to be at 15 weeks? That is not the negotiator that I have heard has written the book called <laughs> Art of the Deal. I don't think that's going to be helpful to you because right. you're going up against people who, look, he is correct that Democratic voters and American voters are not where the party leadership mm -hmm. is on this. But the party leadership has had a chance over and over again to vote for any limitation before 40, before 40 sure. weeks and refuses to do it. Right. So that's who you're negotiating with. Stop telling them where you want to end up. Right. You, you're saying that he should have shot for like 20. Like, or just like 
yeah. hold fast right. to a pro-life position. Right. By the way, he wants credit for for overturning Roe. Like he put the people on the court. Right. Well, now it's back at the states and now, now he's going to be mad that the states are making different laws. That was the whole point. Right. He's never been the most ardently pro-life president, even though that he, <laughs> even though that and, if, you know, he's changed his positions over the years on a lot of things, including abortion. Although then he knew that it was also politically advantageous to actually be the only president to really vocally appear at the March for Life and give a talk at the March, or give a speech, albeit online. But nevertheless, it does open up a flank to his right for yes. candidates on the issue of abortion and depending on how you feel about it. But those voters then have to take that into the equation. But only it's, it's only part of that because the other part is, can this other candidate win on all the other issues against the Democrat? And the thing is, right now, Biden's, not Biden's, Trump's lead in the primary, it's a, it's a it's sizable an, margin. Enormous, yes. He could probably get away with saying Huge, like, something like this. Huge, as he would say. Right. He yeah. could say this and, you know, there'll be a lot of grumbling, but then he doesn't have to attack uh, towards the center after uh, the primary's done. I did see, shall we say, more pointed grumbling from many of my friends who okay. are Trump supportive than I normally see. This was one, this was one that made people a little... A little more annoyed than usual. We'll see if that has staying power. Grumbling and I might look at other candidates are grumbling, but uh, I can't believe I'm voting for this guy. A combination. A combination. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of people we can't believe are in the public eye, can we go to Hunter Biden? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I know what you're giggling about. We're going to get there. Okay, yeah. We're going to... Sorry. We're going to get there, people. But yes. first we're doing... My hands, sorry. First we're doing Hunter. Keep him up here. Yeah, I'll put your hands up here. Hunter Biden. Over the sheet. The absolute... Balls on this guy. Yes. Hunter Biden has sued the Internal Revenue Service, alleging its agents illegally released his tax information and that the agency failed to protect his private records. President Joe Biden's son alleges the IRS unlawfully disclosed his tax tax return information and did not establish safeguards to ensure the confidentiality of his records. He is seeking, among other things, all documents involving the disclosure of the tax information, $1,000 for each unauthorized disclosure and attorney's fees. Just, I mean, slow, slow clap for the nerve. Yeah. Slow clap. It's the classic countersuit move. I mean, spectacular. Now, to me, this is obviously a sign that, look, a bunch of people are aligned in the DOJ to protect me. You whistleblowers can do your best, but guess what? I'm going to make your life hell. Now, he is suing the IRS, not these specific guys, I believe, who were whistleblowers. He's tried to intimidate. His lawyers have tried to intimidate the whistleblowers in the past, but apparently that hasn't worked. And so he's going after the entire federal agency, which is obviously overseen by his father. Now, now Shapley, who's one of the guys who he's sort of after here, there's reference to an interview that he did with CBS, noting that there were personal expenses called business expenses, including prostitutes, sex club memberships, hotel rooms for purported drug dealers. I do feel like you sort of give up some of your right to anonymity when you're breaking the laws in these ways that are fairly flagrant. And then these guys have to come out and say, we're trying to use the normal process to go after a person who's very clearly right. not within the law. But if you they, know what? Yeah. Here we are. So he'll probably win. That's true. Nothing, no, should, less, su- nothing should surprise us. He gets us his child point. support cut and he's going to get thousands of dollars from the IRS. Well, the, you know, the, the the child support cut was because, you know, she got priceless works of art. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like like that that recently discovered Van Gogh. Okay. So, what's interesting is either I think his lawyer's Abby Lowell, who who I did meet once and he's exactly as you would imagine him to be, and his other lawyers are either very good 
or they're very bad. Well, that's but my but question. across the board, they're shameless. You know. Well, that's and, my question. Yeah. Do you think this is him wanting to do this? And his lawyers are like, man, this probably isn't a good idea. I'm going to do it. And then they have to do it anyway because they're his lawyers. Like they can it's, advise it's, him, but they can't tell him not to do idiotic things. It's yeah, and it's also in the same spirit of their trying to sue the poor blind computer repairman oh my gosh, for <laughs> for sharing right. the laptop that he did not want to admit was his. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying this is my laptop, but we are suing you uh, the for sharing get, that laptop. The suit laptop. gets pretty explicit, by the way. These agents' putative whistleblower status cannot mm-hmm. and does not shield them. From their wrongful conduct in making unauthorized public disclosures that are not permitted by the whistleblower process. By the way, I just note that no one, press, public figures, just anyone, media, mm-hmm. cares about disclosures of, you know, I don't know, lies made up about right. Mitt Romney's taxes by uh, his Harry fellow Reed. Senator Harry Reid yeah. on the floor of the Senate. Nobody cares about various agents leaking public figures' returns to ProPublica. There's no there's not even like no, curiosity no about outrage. any of yeah, this. Yeah. So I just uh, forgive me if I'm not convinced that I yeah. should be outraged about this one. I, I was thinking also about so our friend Abe Greenwald at Commentary and who's got a wonderful review coming up this Sunday in the Weekend Beacon. He had an observation, which is so Hunter's defense team, they're maintaining this is tangential to this IRS lawsuit, but they maintain that Hunter did nothing wrong. Right. Sure. He did nothing wrong. Except he taped himself doing things wrong right. all the time. Number yeah. one. Number two, in the plea deal that disintegrated, right. they were insisting on immunity from past, <laughs> present, and future right. federal crimes. Right. If they did nothing wrong, why are they so concerned about <laughs> an immunity an for policy. future for future federal crime? I mean, that's you know. So should it's... you find something I have done wrong, you will yeah. not be allowed to prosecute me. Yeah. Still, by the way, good on that judge, the only person in this process who has been like, uh, wait one second, what are we doing? Right. And I don't think enough attention. I mean, we obviously shed a lot of light on this here on this great podcast, but I don't think enough attention has been paid to Andrew Weiss's, uh, it's Andrew Weiss, right? The uh, yep. Who is the prosecutor and his sort of willingness to comply with the defense yes. on this deal Well, and, that's and what... only being caught. In the act by when the judge starts asking questions about ongoing investigations and immunity, right. is the prosecutor embarrassed and has to say, actually, no, it's ongoing and no, it doesn't protect him because that would sound crazy. Well, but of course, if she didn't ask, if the judge didn't ask, I think this would be a done deal. Well, and this is what you know, experienced prosecutors who are watching all of this yeah. keep saying, like, Weiss is acting like the defense lawyer, mm-hmm. right? Right. <laughs> He's not acting like the prosecutor. Correction, it's David Weiss, not Andrew Weiss. <laughs> we don't Maybe I'm thinking of Andrew Weissman. Maybe so. Okay, sorry. Okay. David Weiss, we got it. See what happens when we're live like this? It's not live, actually. You want to you wanna move on to some more no, public misconduct? Please. Uh, oh, taped, okay, all right. Taped all right. and yeah, released. Yeah, sure. I think that's, yes, I was thinking if I had anything else on, 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 on our friend Hunter, but there'll be more. There will be more. There'll be more. There will always okay. be more. Okay, let's get to this um, other issue. Yeah, let's get to some more public misconduct. Colorado Congresswoman Lauren Boebert was kicked out of a matinee performance of the Beetlejuice musical in Denver last week, allegedly for making some sort of disruption. Yeah. At the time, she said, this is basically nonsense. And then I think she copped to, it's a verb, to laughing too loud. Yes. It turns out, though, and here's the thing. 
when you deny stuff in public, those who you are saying are lying, for instance, the staff at the Denver facility yeah. where this performance happened, they often have access to tape of you. And in this case- We live in a different time. It's no longer just your word against theirs. Yeah. They had tape of her in the theater. Right. Now, one of the allegations was that she was vaping in the theater. And she said, no, 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 I wasn't vaping, but I was laughing too loud. She said there was a, a is it the dry ice smoke machine? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Beetlejuice is very creepy yeah, production. You know, I you didn't see anybody else's breath. But just... So the tape shows that she was indeed vaping. It's very, very yeah. clear. Mm -hmm. By the way, I didn't know that uh, cameras could see that much of me in a, in a matinee performance of Beetlejuice, just FYI, and I guess she didn't either. I have a question. Is, 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 it was black and white. The footage is black and white. Mm -hmm. is it, was it dark, or is it like one of these infrared cams, or was the it's, light on? So I've seen two versions. In one version, it's infrared-ish. Oh, wow. And in another, it looks like it's lit and in color, which means probably she was the intermission making a disturbance and during, during intermission or before the okay. show and Got during it. the show. But she's definitely vaping. Yeah. And then there were some other activities. Sort of like, yes. Much like the gardening we spoke yeah. about. <laughs> some light gardening, I think, was happening. Well, I wanted to mention- She was bowing the Burt. Her, Yeah. I uh, wow, I I wanted to mention her date. Yeah, her date is a guy mm -hmm. who they don't share the same political opinions. Obviously, he no. runs this bar that does drag shows on you know brunch, and and he is a Democrat, but he's the kind of guy that likes to reach across the aisle. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah, your thoughts, Mary Catherine. You, ha I have thoughts, but please. Okay, so let me note also she is going through a divorce. She announced that she was divorcing in the spring. You know, she has four sons. I want everybody to end up in a good place after that. Yeah. Her, you know, this is tough on her family. She's clearly dating again. Embarrassing that this would come out in this way. But you know how it wouldn't have if she had just said, oh, yeah, I, I messed up. And, you know, I was yeah. vaping and my apologies. And I, we probably wouldn't have gotten here. Do I think that this should be a national news story, which I am now exacerbating mm -hmm. by talking about it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, she, I believe it was Nate Silver argued that it shouldn't be and that she was kicked out of the theater. She's probably banned from the theater. Oh, sure. And that that might be enough to cover it. But I do think, look, obviously, if you put yourself in this position and you have, so to speak, and you have lost your last re-election by 0.07%, mm -hmm. yeah, some very 500 close. votes... People are going to take advantage of this, as they should. It would be political malpractice not to make this an issue for her. Yeah, they can run that tape over and over during, uh, you know, election season for right. her. I have so many questions here. I bet you do. <laughs> so my first question is, Beetlejuice is now a musical? That yes. That was my first question. That's the first question and the one I can answer within the bounds of our non-explicit flag. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go to the others and I see how I do. I have more questions. Okay. okay. Is it participatory like the Rocky Horror Picture Show? I don't think so. Okay, because if it was, right, Rocky okay. Horror Picture Show, if people remember back in the 70s and 80s, it was crazy because it became this cult film. It didn't actually do well at the time, but became this thing. Everyone gets dressed up and standing. Go to the midnight showing, the, you do the, the dance. Yes. The whole deal. Okay, so this is not that. Our young listeners are like, like what I is this? no idea Look what we're doing. Rocky Horror Picture Show. So it was mainly just her really getting into the musical. Okay. Indeed. Uh, I have another concern. Mm -hmm. She was videotaping 
the performance. I do think that, that was got in trouble that was allegedly for. part of it too. But was that the first version of offenses? And oh. then we watched the video, and some other offenses took right. took precedence over the because you yeah, see you, this a that's lot. That's an IP. You know, that's it a, is number one an issue for us. N- number two, I always want to, <laughs> and I see so many people who are no longer in the moment of the concert; they're actually recording it. If I see my child performing and I have to yeah. record it. I feel like I'm not actually. I thought you meant, I, and I have to watch my no, child I don't mean perform. It that way. I mean that in in the, in the sense I, I'd rather be home. I'd rather be drinking. No, I mean in the <laughs> sense of I'd rather just be watching the show yes. instead of because now you're paying attention to everything else, and it's not quite the same. So, not enough people are in the moment anymore. Although I guess she was in the moment. She in some felt other ways. in the okay, moment. Okay, she was in the moment. Fine. The other thing is, I always want to ask these people who are constantly videotaping this stuff: mm-hmm. Is it that good? That you're gonna go home late and say, oh, I need to see that number, Definitely that not. musical nope. number again. Nope. I was in. This is not a musical, but I was in the Vatican, right? This is in 2018, and I was at where John Paul, Pope John Paul II, is buried. Saint Pope John Paul II is okay. buried there. So everyone really there hoping you didn't get kicked out is, for the same stuff. No, as- no. So it was no, no, not at all. Everybody's there. You're, you know, you're praying, doing the whole thing. It's very mm-hmm. solemn, and then some. You know, obviously, a lot of tourists. A woman comes up, she goes up to the main kneeler, front and center in front, and she takes out her video. Not she's not taking a photo of it, okay? I can see it. She's not so I mean, and I wanted to ask her, I don't know where she was from, but I wanted to ask her, you know, later on you're gonna think, oh, I need to see the video of Pope John Paul II's, you know, tomb. I really need to look at that video. Not a photo. Yeah. But the video. So what's going on there? Makes no sense. Okay, enough about that. That was my one thing. The second thing is this, and this is my Here's my defense of Lauren Boebert, okay? Okay. okay. Earnest defense. She's going, well, you know for a fact she's going through a divorce. Yes. Okay, that is a fact. Mm-hmm. Let us assume that because she has gotten to the point where she no longer wants to be married to Jason Boebert, right? She's right. getting divorced. That she has probably spent the last weeks, months, maybe year or two in a loveless marriage let me just say this loveless i'll put it that way they seem to be yeah living in separate places and have been for quite Mm -hmm. some time okay so she's out on a date Mm -hmm. with somebody who's interested in her for Mm -hmm. the first time in years and she just wants to she wants to just let off some steam just cut loose a little cut loose a little bit okay that's that i'm gonna give her that all right here's my question so that's my defense yes right jennifer that's my defense is because you know what i'm not surprised it's pent up and that's what's happening Emotions. The emotions are pent She's up. She's been through a winter and the spring has come and it's time to garden again. Thank you. That Gardening. What, it's time for the that's gardening. That's what okay? we're saying. Here's my question to you. Okay. What we saw is mm-hmm. that, well, the real Lauren Boebert, please stand up, right? Is that because we know the Lauren Boebert from Freedom Caucus, from right. the, from, from, is it Freedom Caucus? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the, the, the one with Matt Gates and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. MTG, th- that whole gang. We know what she stands for, her opinions and all these different right, things. And right. she's there, you know, on Capitol Hill and her beliefs. And then you see this side of her mm-hmm. with this guy. Mm-hmm. Same, different, the real one? Well, the, I mean, and this is the the charge is that if you're going to run as a Christian conservative, right. then you sort of have to uphold your values yes. in a public place yes. inside a theater. I had a, I had a moment of sort of encouragement in that the Daily Beast... First of all, they won't be going on a second date. The Daily Beast oh, no. revealed that this was a first date. And look. Were they both drinking? I don't know. But I found some comfort about our society in the fact that a lot of people seem to be like, wow, first date? And I thought, 
oh, what a sort of sweet and naive take that so yeah. many people are having that yeah. they would be surprised. That that would happen on I a first date. I was like, date. look at this. This is adorable. Mm-hmm. What is it, 40 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I liked that some that a yeah. lot of people had that reaction. Yeah, that it was a first date and they that were they surprised. they were surprised. They were surprised that you would vape on a first date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they were surprised yeah. by. Okay. So anyway, we did the segment. It was tacky, but we did it anyway, which is what she said. Oh. <laughs> I think he enjoyed himself, but that now because of the media, the press attention, he can't go on a second uh, you date. Know, I think he would want to. Yeah. Although I don't, I wouldn't like well, getting kicked she, out of anywhere. It's embarrassing. She also said, you know, she's got to check, she's got to vet her dates a little better because she didn't know this was a dra- drag queen oh, bar okay. owner. Well, all right. Well, that explains. See, more in her defense. Anyway. More in her defense. Her, her, certainly her opponent from last time, Adam Frisch, is already, is already taking all advantage of this. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. another notch in the belt of embarrassment. He said. Speaking of which, let's talk about John Fetterman and the new rule change in the Senate. Oh. Yeah. Where you don't need belts or notches. And you get tons of embarrassment. Drawstrings. Yeah. So this is uh, Axios. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer quietly has directed the Senate's sergeant at arms to no longer enforce the chamber's informal dress code for its members. Axios has learned. I love that Axios does them a favor of calling it an informal dress code. It's not an informal dress code that the senators mm-hmm. are required to wear suits on the yeah. floor. That's not an informal dress code. That's just what it's been yeah. for all of time. Yeah. Okay. Why it matters. The new directive will allow Senator John Fetterman, Democrat of Pennsylvania, who tends to favor gym shorts and hoodies over the business attire traditionally required in the chamber, to linger on the Senate floor before and after votes. Senators are able to choose what they wear on the Senate floor. I will continue to wear a suit, Schumer said in a statement to Axios. Fetterman, who was elected last year, initially followed Senate tradition and wore suits, but since returning to the Senate after being treated for clinical depression earlier this year, he frequently has sported the casual look he was known for as Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor. I mean, it's, it's not even sweatpants. No, it's gym it's, shorts. It's sh- sweat shorts. They're like, it's like Belichick pants to yes. the Senate floor. Okay, I have a lot of deep thoughts on this. But, okay. but before we get to the deep thoughts, mm-hmm. the, the just on the surface, the, the question is why, right? Why did Schumer push for this? Let me also say, by the way, this yeah. doesn't apply to staffers. Oh, yeah, no, no. If you were a man, if you are a male staffer, you still have to wear a coat and a tie Mm -hmm. on the Senate floor. It just applies to the senators. Yes. And but this has nothing per se. His fashion choice is nothing. shouldn't have anything to do with his stroke. No, no. This is just that's how many senators have we had in wheelchairs with disabilities who have all somehow. Yeah. Senator Cleland somehow worn suits. Max Cleland. That's right. With no issue, he can wear a suit. Is it because he's misshapen? He's very tall, and the it neck. Is, Have you, you seen know what? the neck? There's. I shouldn't. I'm not one to talk. I'd like to meet this. My, 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 no, really, it yeah. must be. It must be very difficult. I would say I'm, that. I'm yes. not even saying that as a joke. It's, it's the neck. I mean, like my you neck and your earnest defenses 17, today. I'm, I'm all about earnest defenses today. Seventeen and a half size neck. Okay, that, that's my neck size. Mm-hmm. So his must be enormous. No, I, I would say his proportions are unconventional. That's yeah, true. Yes. So th- does this mean like Chuck Grassley's going to come in a tank top now? Dude, he should. He should come in from his run. Yeah. yeah. And just just roll up in some some silkies and a and yeah a tank silkies. Top. That's good. Here is my thought, and I okay. know this from having seen it in experience. Comfort is great. Mm-hmm. I love comfort. Yes. Comfortable. If I'm at home, I know some people. My father-in-law, he'll wear you know his button down. He'll come back from the office. He's got his slacks on, his button down shirt and his shoes on 
till like 11 p.m. And it's like, right. you know, he's got it on the entire time. Yeah, he doesn't, know? he doesn't Mr. Rogers anything. No. No. I get home, I immediately want By to the get it. Mr. Rogers is, Mr. Rogers is around the house outfit is like, Four steps above oh, what about, we now we'll see. Re- allow senators yeah, to wear on the that's floor. Right, okay, that's right. That's right. But if you wear the comfortable outfit in a formal setting, yes. like work, your office, the United States Senate, it encourages you to behave in a more comfortable manner. Let's just say true. that. Right. And let's say that, you know, I mean, everything from your posture to your slouching to your, oh, I've got a scratch, mm-hmm. you know. It's going to happen. Do you remember? Do you remember the famous photo of Russell Crowe in a coffee shop talking to this nice girl? And he was wearing, because he had put on a lot of weight Mm -hmm. for a role, I'm sure. And he was wearing sweatpants. And sure enough, because it's elastic, he had an itch and the press caught it. Look it up. Or don't look it up. Anyway, that's my video for our folks. It is is a lot for this episode. So I don't, it's not good. It doesn't encourage the. The right things, I think. So I feel like I'm a casual dresser in general, right? But fashionable. You're fashionable. I have skated on being like the new media person Mm -hmm. for a long time. Like when I came to Washington, I was like, (laughs) I don't have to wear suits like you guys. I do blogs. I do blogs. That was was your brand. I'm showing up casual. That's my brand, brand. right? I'm sort of circumventing this. However, (laughs) if there's a place where you should uphold... Yeah. A certain level of dress code. The floor of the U.S. Congress, Senate and House, is a good place right. to do that. By the way, I think the House should totally hold this over. Those snobs over at the Senate who are always acting like they're better than the House. House should be like, oh, I don't know, we, we were like dress clothes over here. Um, oh, yeah, the tables are finally turned. Right, right, they right. Always, so they they're can, always getting made fun of. They should totally make fun of the Senate for this. I do think you should uphold a certain standard there. And let me just say this. As a woman. The first woman was elected to the House of Representatives in 1916. It was, I favor a sleeveless look. I don't like sleeves. I don't want to wear them. It took until 2017 for women to be allowed by the rules to wear open-toed shoes or sleeveless sheath dresses. Wow. 101 years for John Fetterman. We changed the rules in under a year. Under a year. Under a year. Yeah. The rules say, that have been in place for a very long time. I say Mr. Fetterman can have his rule change in 100 more years. He just has to hold out for it. He just I, has to hold I, out for I, it. I, I hate to rain on your parade, <laughs> but we have five more years of John Fetterman. I know. And it is worth remembering that he won the Senate race yeah. and how he won. And I can't, I can't help but look, I just can't help but think that if David McCormick were to have won the Republican primary in Pennsylvania over Dr. Oz, maybe we wouldn't be having this conversation. Uh, I think that's probably true. Let me uh, throw in Susan Collins's quote on this. She says, changing the Senate dress code, quote, debases the institution, joking she will wear a bikini tomorrow. Obviously, I'm not going to wear a bikini, she said, but the fact is, as I understand it, I could. Now let me offer you some, some real wisdom from Jennifer Rubin over at uh, the Washington Post. She replies... This woman actually represents an entire state. Margaret Chase Smith, she is not. Oh. So just to get this straight from the conservative blogger at the Washington Post. The uh, conservative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Susan Collins is the problem yeah. for noting that mm-hmm. she could wear whatever she wants to the yeah. Senate floor now, including a bikini. And John Fetterman is right. A-OK right. with the hoodie and the sweat shorts. 
She is. I'm she, not going to call them gym shorts. I feel like that's too dignified. Sweat shorts. Basketball shorts. Is that what they are? Yeah, they're terrible. I mean, I guess it works because he's a giant. But the, the the problem is, again, if they're on one side, if, if, you know, if Republicans are on one side and they say something and you're somebody like Jen Rubin, then you right. have to be on just the other go side. The other you side. just yeah. have to be on the other side. Well, I think they should call their bluff and just like yeah. show up in some outlandish stuff. It'll be Halloween day, just costumes, your yeah. favorite jersey. Yeah. No. Let's, let's do it, folks. All right. So that's that story. Decline is a choice, Vic. Yeah, it is. I feel like I feel like maybe I'm just an old now, but I do feel like and I also sometimes feel this way about church. Even though I like to dress casually for church, I'm like, maybe we should pull it together a little bit. I'm getting better on bit. that front. I used to wear shorts and even like, you know, sandals or whatever to church, you know. I feel like you guys back are back in the day. Back in like the day. I feel like you guys are tougher on I it. The Catholics you, are tougher on my, it. I, I go to an evangelical no, place. I'm, I'm non-denominational. By my they don't son. care. My son dresses better than I do when I go to church. <laughs> I just, you know. All right. A little bit more serious matter, and I do want to get your expertise on this. Oh, yes. Vic. Yeah. A missing jet. Yeah. We lost a jet? Okay. Let me let me just... You lost another sub? That's my Hunt for Red October movie. <laughs> the U.S. military lost a jet. By, by the way, the, here, there's a theme here of sort of societal decline and institutional decline right here. So this is this is the U.S. Marines. A An F-35 was out. The pilot, thank goodness, ejected and safely parachuted in a North Charleston, a landing in a North Charleston yeah. neighborhood. And then we couldn't find the jet for more than 24 hours. It was a long... Phantom jets and surveillance, Chinese surveillance balloons. They all go to Charleston. Yeah. yeah. So this is quite a story. So it's it was on autopilot right. when, when and after the pilot ejected the... United States military said the transponder wasn't working, so they weren't able to track it at right. some point during its phantom mm-hmm. flight. They were looking in a couple of lakes north of Charleston, didn't spot it. Somehow we have no redneck iPhone footage <laughs> of an F-35 just casually floating over That's South wild. Carolina airspace, which I think we should. Not that I'm suggesting anything. And then, then this is my favorite part of the story. Uh-huh. Now, there has been a debris field found. Yes, this is it. But before that, let me just say that Joint Base Charleston tweeted, pilot ejected safely, if you have any information that may help our recovery teams locate the F-35, please call the Base Defense Operations Center, and then it gives a hotline. The U.S. military gave a hotline for tips to find an F-35. First of all, if a redneck finds an F-35, finders keepers. Finders keepers. It goes in the backyard. Park it on, just, park yeah, it on top of the em- Waffle yeah, House. You got cement blocks. You can just prop it up. Yes. I've seen, you know, the movie. Drag Ju- it over yeah. to the lake. No, I'm in the movie. Uh, For a Ju- weekend. Jewel of the Nile. And Michael Douglas takes the, the F-16 without wings and it's just, yes. you know, firing away, you know, the machine gun there. Yeah. So it's very exciting. Top Gun Maverick action. It, yes. Just take it for a ride. I assume it crashed when it ran out of fuel, or did it just I mean, I guess, go into a Okay, I don't know how far, dive the, I don't know and how far these things can go. No, they Again, got good range. That's what I would Depending think. Depending on how much fuel they is. They found there. it in Williamsburg County, South Carolina. So luckily, it hasn't covered a in ton the of wood, ground. Not, like, luckily, not in a town. I mean, you can imagine. This is insane. Yes. So, yes. so basically, it's what, strange. So basically, what the Pentagon was asking was, have you seen this jet? But they mm-hmm. didn't want to say that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like on, a, on a milk carton. Have you seen this jet? And a picture of a lightning, too. Yeah. Uh, okay. When I first heard the story, 
uh, I worried because I didn't know had the, if the uh, pilot had ejected, right? right, initially. And I thought, is this one of these hypoxia stories where right. it's like Payne Stewart on the plane, you know? And then, okay, he ejected. Well, then why did he eject? What happened? Some sort of a malfunction? They're not telling us Un- that. Yeah, we haven't heard that, that yet. That is unclear. Okay. It's called a mishap. Right. At the moment, a mishap, and there's certain levels of mishaps with with aircraft of of a certain cost, and there have actually been two other accidents with other aircraft in the past six weeks or so with the Marines, several causing fatalities. So That's we're glad that this one concerning. does not have that yeah. that part, but certainly a strange story. It says members of the community should avoid the area. This is a statement from the military, as recovery teams secure the debris field, which I said was found in mm-hmm. Williamsburg County. South Carolina. The discovery came after an array of government and civilian agencies had spent more than 24 hours searching for the missing F-35. It doesn't make me feel great. The You know, that's a lot of souvenirs out there Yeah. for people to have from an F-35. No, it doesn't. And it is interesting. The The F-35 was, it's the joint strike fighter, right? It, uh, it, it was, uh, there was a huge bidding war for this prototype plane between Boeing and Lockheed Martin. Right. And Lockheed Martin ultimately won. What makes it special is it has this short takeoff and landing capabilities. So it's kind of a cross between an F-18 and a Harrier jet. Okay. And it's the kind of, so you don't need a long runway, like which the Air Force likes to use, obviously. And you can use it on aircraft carry. So it's cross purposes. You mentioned Marines. So all the armed forces, basically, right. you know, can use the Joint Strike Fighter and it's very sellable. So you can sell it to other countries. It has some stealth capabilities, but not a lot. It is not the, in my opinion, the premier air superiority fighter craft of the United States. There are right. foreign countries that claim to have better planes than we are, and sadly, they might be true. But in the United States, the F-22 Raptor is the better plane, but it okay. needs a longer runway, and it has stealth. And it has something called, they don't do afterburners, it's something called super cruise, which I can't even explain because it's classified. Oh No, I can't explain it because- You gotta get down to that debris <laughs> because field. Because classified, they won't tell me what it is. And I have a friend who, you know, I had a friend who worked there, can't tell you, but it's pretty good stuff. It's not that it's, but nevertheless, what's happening here, it's a little embarrassing and they should consider themselves lucky that this incident didn't happen where the plane just happened to fly over into, I don't know, China or Russia. Well, yes. Right. By the way, I think Representative Nancy Mace, a South Carolina Republican who represents the area down there, speaks for all of us when she says, how in the hell do you lose an F-35? We're asking the public to what? Find a jet and turn it in? I think these are fair questions. Uh, again, it's like another submarine in well, on Fred October. Again, it's worrisome because it feels like yeah. I yeah. want to have confidence in the institutions, as we have discussed, yes. and yet they keep giving me reasons to have no confidence. And the military is one of the few that has yeah. public trust at this point. And so very obvious, serious mishaps like this one are going to be a problem. It's them. an aging lineup of fighter planes. The F-15, for example, had previous incidents over the years of the fuselage breaking apart. And uh, it's it's an old, it's it, it's an old line and uh, we need to do more on defense. We've always said that though. Yeah, we've always, we've maintained we are very that here. consistent yes. okay. here. <laughs> Although I, d- I did hear scuttlebutt and again, not that I'm implying anything, but I did hear scuttlebutt from, from folks who work in security and defense issues who are concerned about the idea of autopilots AI. autopilots being able to be hacked, it, that kind of thing being, yes, flown to some other place, and that these are cyber concerns we should worry about. I got two, when you yeah. put cyber in front of it, it means it's like, I'm a serious old person talking about this idea. <laughs> cyber is such an outdated term. It's a series of Cyber tubes. security yes. concerns. Okay. Yeah. But That's I have fine. heard of such concerns. I was going to say, I just want to leave it with... Leave our listeners and viewers with two words, mm-hmm. Terminator Genesis. 
It's a bad idea. All right. You know okay. what? While we're talking about institutions we don't trust. Oh, boy. I'm just I Like I said, the thing that made me concerned about this is that the military is one of the institutions that maintains public oh, sure. trust. So let's, yeah. uh, let's keep that up. Sort of. But the CDC. Oh, have we got a message for you guys. CDC 2.0. From Mandy Cohen, former North Carolina health, public health official, now the head of the CDC, taking the place of Rochelle, Rochelle, Rochelle Walensky. Yes. The new CDC director spent her first two months on the job telling audiences in New York, Wisconsin, and Washington State the agency has made mistakes, a mea culpa of sorts, meant to show that she understands past shortcomings. What she wants to do, you see, is win back trust. Okay, here's a quote from her. Trust is easily broken, and as folks know, trust takes time to rebuild, Cohen told Politico. It isn't something you can fix overnight. I know that this is a long-term way of thinking about it. Her trust tour which has several more stops in the works, comes as the Biden administration begins its latest COVID-19 vaccine push and at a time when her agency faces scrutiny over its decisions and messaging during the pandemic. She is contending with a public that has, for the most part, moved beyond COVID and growing vaccine skepticism fueled by some presidential candidates and public health officials. She goes on to note that the Florida Surgeon General and Ron DeSantis have suggested that maybe those who are healthy and under 65 don't need to take the new version of the vaccine. The bivalent booster. Just recently. It's actually, I don't even think this one's a booster. I think it's a reformulated one, just approved by the FDA. That's right. Last week, she says, she says it's important for Americans to get these shots. I want to make sure folks know, particularly in Florida, that vaccination remains a safe way in terms of protecting against severe disease, hospitalization, and death. Okay. Most European countries, by the way, yeah. are not recommending further shots for 65 mm-hmm. and younger. Mm-hmm. Certainly not young, healthy people. Certainly not six months and up. Six months. Which is the recommendation from our CDC, yeah. which is out of line with pretty much the rest of the globe. The fact is that the Florida Surgeon General and DeSantis have a point yeah. about, in particular, this yeah. vaccine. That's right. But we're just going to hand wave that. I love, what's her name again? Mandy Cohen. Mandy Cohen. Her formulation about trust is easily broken is what she said. Mm-hmm. That's a great passive structure, isn't it? Who, who broke the trust? Broke I don't know. It's a mystery. The, you know, what you'd like to hear them is just fess up and say, yeah, we got some things wrong. We're going to do better. You know, give us some, I guess, just an ounce of accountability, but, you know, but they can't do that. So here's what's interesting. I, you know, the New York Times had an article on the, everything you need to know about the latest variants, mm-hmm. right? And the, 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 there's two. There's the widespread one that's out there already, EG5. And then the other one that is in China, but it's not quite here. You don't really see it as much yet. It's BA 2.86, mm-hmm. which according to the Times, and I want to read it here, quote, has scientists alarmed, okay. alarmed at its multiple mutations, meaning that it mutates so often, it's hard to get a vaccine current enough to block the effects of this virus. But please get the vaccine anywhere because right. it'll be good for, it lasts for three months until you need another one, the, the non-human tested one, if you remember, right. the, one, the non-human tested one. So you have to actually go several graphs down and find out that the symptoms are mild. Yeah. So please 
you might feel like you have a cold. What's... Take the vaccine that probably doesn't work, and the effectiveness in general is three months. But you know, because you don't want to feel like you have the cold. Was uh, it an NBC story this week? There was some headline uh, on Twitter that was like, "Doctors having trouble distinguishing between allergies, the common cold, and this new yeah uptick oh, in it, COVID." It could be. You got. That's why you got to get tested. You're almost there, guys. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Their argument is like, we we probably need a better test. Nope. That's not the answer. If you're <laughs> go the other direction. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> The push to get everyone vaccinated, revaccinated, or get the boosters or the bivalent, whatever. You know, there was a previous attempt to do this in the last round, and it failed. Arlington County, Virginia, mm-hmm. which is an extremely blue county. Right. The vaccination rate for people who are up to date on their vaccinations, vaccinations, 21%. Yeah. One in five. So basically 80%. And this, that county is about as good as you're going to do. That is as good as you're going to do. That 80% of the county is like, no, I, I'm feeling fine. I think I'm going to be okay, and I'll get over it. Well, here's, so good luck to them. Here's what's interesting, too. Again, we are a global outlier, and I feel it is necessary to point that out every time I talk about this because people act, certainly on Twitter, as if you're being some sort of weirdo when you suggest that maybe this is not the most effective yeah. tack for young and healthy people. Also, show me the data. The data is not there. Marty Makari, doctor, was talking to Guy Benson on his show, and we'll have a little audio of that. And track them for three months or more, not just two weeks. I mean, this is making. Well, hang on. Let's just let's just let's just pause this because I'm trying to compute this in my brain right now, and I think you're making absolutely just no-brainer critiques of Moderna at the moment, and we'll return to that. But Moderna at least tested this on a few dozen human beings and admitted that there was some adverse effect. The Pfizer one you said was tested on 10 mice, and that's it? That's right. We have no zero human what? Uh, data. Only 10 mice. Hey, look, they, they got away with it last time with the bivalent. They know that the regulatory process to get this approved is totally greased. President Biden was out there saying that this thing works and everyone needs to get it before the FDA even – you know, have proved it. So that the thing was greased. It speaks. What does to this he know, though? Re- I mean, with all due respect to President Biden, what does he know? We the whole reason that we have these agencies, at least supposedly, is to do due diligence to make sure when someone says yes, please inject this substance into your body, it is going to have the intended effect and not have unintended bad effects. That's the whole job. And if they aren't even testing it and they're just waving it through because some politicians want them to and they feel like it's probably fine. What's the point of the FDA? Well, they've clearly created a new pathway specifically for Moderna and Pfizer. And the pathway is do whatever you want. You don't have to show us anything, really. And then he goes on to say it was caused by the vaccine. They're being quite tight-lipped about it. And furthermore, not, not to focus on just this one adverse event, the point is run a real trial. Yeah. Give it to a thousand people and give us do. the data. Yeah. And neither neither of these folks can, partly because just mm-hmm. Moderna and Pfizer and regulators have been just right. hand in hand throughout this whole process. And if they don't have to do that, why would they do mm-hmm. that? If you're going to buy 20 million doses mm-hmm. and pass them out, they don't need to do that. Well, the other reason you want to be tight lipped is because you don't want to discourage people from getting the vaccine. <laughs> right. We're going to get our flag for this. but is, like, by, by the way, that's also the same reason why 
people got censored because, you know, we're not saying what they're saying is lie when people were, you know, speculating about a lab leak, for example, right. or people who are suffering some other as, you know, medical event, adverse medical events, as Dr. Marty McCary says. They're not saying that it didn't happen, but they're saying it could discourage and just mere discouragement from doing this right. is reason enough to block you. Well, and some will say, uh, you know, they're sort of they're formulating a vaccine that they sort of hope will be effective yeah. against future versions of, of COVID. Right. And it's a bit like the flu vaccine and they're sort of guessing and, and offering. That. But they're not being straight with us about what they do and do not know. With the flu vaccine, many people know, mm -hmm. OK, I'm taking this at the beginning of the season. I don't know exactly how effective it's going to be. Right. Also, flu is much more dangerous for young children oh. than COVID. Yeah. So the cost benefit analysis mm. is different for that. I do think they're trying to sort of turn the COVID vaccine into a flu-like mm -hmm. regimen, mm -hmm. flu vaccine yeah. regimen, where they just recommend it to everyone. But to me, the cost benefit analysis is very different. And they're not straight with you. That's the thing. Yeah, just, like, be, just tell me on. what you know and don't know. And it's funny Maybe because in this Politico piece, Cohen keeps going on about how you you just need to. She's being more open about what she doesn't know. Meanwhile, she's telling you these, these things, things that are not backed by data. Yeah, but just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was another COVID the thing. CIA. I was like, oh, by the way, the CIA. Did, yeah, I am going to get to oh, the CIA okay, yes. first. Did you know the federal government is definitely appealing its loss on the free speech grounds? Oh, yes, um, I do. Yes. I do. Uh, so this is the just, Fifth Circuit Just in case ruling. you guys thought that maybe the administration yeah. would be like, ah, dang, maybe we shouldn't have censored and people. And there is at the moment a temporary no. hold on that on that, on that that ruling so that, in fact, you know, the government can continue well, now just in case, telling social you know, media to clamp down without getting it. Clamp down on us. The problem. We'll see. If you're watching this, be brave. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then the CIA, by the way, <laughs> it's just some whistleblowers saying that that the CIA had a hand in making sure yeah. that the lab leak theory did not That's gain ground, right. even, though, even though allegedly they had the intel That's to right. make a pretty good guess that that might have been it. The CIA, for its part, says it's looking into this, but much like debris fields that you can't go near, I'm sure we won't uh, know a lot of details. Not that I'm implying anything. It, it is, again, worth remembering that this is all the result of an extremely narrow victory by Republicans in the House in the midterm election. And then it's a very extremely narrow. Because and this is all coming out in the yeah, uh, oversight. Yeah, they're coming out in hearings and oversight hearings. And for any number of these subjects, and had it not happened this way, had Republicans not just barely prevailed, we wouldn't know about this. We wouldn't have the IRS whistleblowers. And you know what? Nothing. We'd be healthier as a result, Vic. Ignorance is bliss, I guess. Do we have anything silly to close out with today? No, that was it. <laughs> but Let's, should we find something? Well, that's okay. You know, they'll be. I mean, there the, are there. The Bobert story the Bobert was silly thing enough. Was kind of yeah, that was silly, and it sort of offsets the. You know what? But we want to point out, by the way, on the show that it is we do both sides because yeah. Well, sorry, that didn't sound too good either. No, but I mean, I meant because we covered Susanna Gibson. And now we did Lauren Boebert. That's and correct. That's right. And you know what? And I bipartisan gardening news. I here on getting hammered. I resisted a line about Susanna Gibson on the last episode where I was going to say that mm -hmm. she took live streaming to a whole new level. Okay, that wraps up. You've this been so episode. tame on both of these I stories. Was, I know. Very I impressive. Know. Well, it's a family show. You're going to let it's down a family the video too. That wraps up this episode of getting hammered. 
Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can find us on Instagram and obviously YouTube. If you're watching this, you know that. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I am at MK Hammer on Twitter, at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. You can find the podcast at Getting Hammered Podcast on Instagram and YouTube because Jennifer has it all together and actually gives us the right names on all the platforms, which is what you should do. That's best practices, not what I'm doing. Vic, I'm all over the place. And I'm wearing the sleeveless thing. That's how we roll. I can't get to the Senate unless I wear my hoodie. Next time. All right. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly, guys. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. 